Hello everyone, welcome back to Sunrise, your favorite music podcast hosted by Alex. That's me and I'm here with Vlada. Hello everyone. Hope you're all doing well now. Uh, Vlada, I hope you're all, you are also doing well, aren't you? Pretty good, how are you? Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, pretty good. Um, the weather here is beautiful and... As you as you said in the previous episode, or one of our pre- previous episodes, um, the corona restrictions are slowly uh, getting eased, but we have to stay cautious. So um, without further ado, um, today we are actually covering a band that Vlada is a big is is a big fan of. So uh, Vlada, I will not hold on to uh, I will not hold the mic- the microphone any longer and I will let you tell us about uh, today's artist and also your fandom. So today we're going to talk about the blues great Muddy Waters. I think a lot of our listeners are already familiar with who Muddy Waters is, but for those who are not, um, for many people Muddy Waters is the father of the so-called Chicago blues. Uh, Muddy Waters as a music figure, has had a tremendous influence, not just on blues, but also on rock music. Uh, The Rolling Stones, for example, drew a lot of inspiration from Muddy Waters, among other artists. But more importantly, for me at least, is that Muddy Waters is such an insurmountable, formidable figure in the world of music. And I think it's really important not to forget him and his music and that's why I decided today we should be talking about three of his records. Uh, Muddy Waters grew up in Mississippi and he made his first recordings on the Stovall Plantation where he grew up, where he worked Uh, Sometime in the 1940s, he moved to Chicago, and that's where his real story began. That's where he started playing clubs. And, of course, due to the fact that clubs were visited by many people, Madi felt that his music had to be electrified. And this is exactly the time when acoustic music turned into electric blues. Right, Acoustic blues turned into electric blues, and Muddy was one of the pioneers of that movement. And he's, for, uh, according to many, he's the one who truly defined the Chicago sound, even though there were other notable artists, such as Howlin' Wolf, for example. Muddy also signed with the famous Chess Records, the most famous blues label in the world. Uh, also known for artists such as Chuck Berry, um, Howlin' Wolf, Ames, and so on. So there's no doubt, no, no question that Muddy Waters is one of the most important figures in the 20th century popular music. Okay, Vlada, okay. Thank you for giving us uh, a short uh, summary of Muddy Waters' career. Um, I just want to, before we start discussing uh, the records, I just want to share a quick fun fact, even though it's a bit controversial. Um, 
towards the end, the end of his life, uh, so to say, in, in that period, uh, his longtime wife died in 1973, and shortly after he would uh, meet his future wife, so uh, he was at that time well over 60 years old, uh, but his second wife uh, was 19, so uh, I find that a bit odd, um, but now let's Let's move to the records. Um, the first record that we're going to discuss is The Best of Muddy Waters, uh, released in 1958. Uh, later on, we'll discuss Folk Singer uh, from 1964. And finally, Live at Mr. Kelly's from 1971. So, The Best of Muddy Waters. Um, to me, this album uh, sounded fun. And interesting uh, primarily because it really sounded like a time machine and by this I mean that um, a lot of rec a lot of uh, songs here are let's say low quality produced since they are quite old and I found it really interesting not not I'm not saying that the music is bad but it's really interesting to hear something that's really raw and original uh, and quite simple when it comes to, you know, the equipment and the personnel and everything. Um, basically, they they just used the guitar, a harmonica. Uh, also, harmonica is one of my favorite things. Uh, one of my favorite instruments uh, that that uh, characterize the, the blues genre. And of, and of course, uh, the guitar. So... Uh, my kind of problem with uh, with his music and with blues in, in general, even though um, a lot of well, not a lot, but a fair portion of music of the music that I listen to has uh, visible influence uh, by by blues. So, for example, The Doors, um, also some grunge acts. Uh, yeah, I can also say Jack White. Uh, I mean, all of rock music came from blues, obviously, so there's no doubt about that, right? Yeah, and especially musically speaking, uh, when it comes to the instrumentals and the riffs and all of that. But I do have some gripes with blues. Uh, this is my subjective impression, so it doesn't really matter what it's, whether it's right or wrong. But uh, my impression is that blues musicians and even some blues fans tend to be a bit pretentious and arrogant. Uh, I have even heard that um, blues is like the brute music. So in the sense that every music genre stems from, from the blues genre. I'm not sure if that's true necessarily, but uh, it certainly does sound a bit pretentious and well not every sorry to interrupt you but not yeah. every genre but rock and roll rock music in particular owes much to blues even you know even when you listen to something ethereal like pink floyd you can hear those bluesy licks and and you know pink floyd as a band was named after two bluesmen so something even that different from blues is rooted deeply in blues in a way yeah, yeah. Uh, th thanks for adding that. Um, and this and th the arrogant uh, kind of um, the, the arrogancy here is 
present also in his lyrics. Uh, I kind of find his what? lyrics. What? Yeah. To be honest, I kind of find some of his lyrics to be a bit patronizing and even sexist. So uh, I know. Sexist, I, yes, but patronizing, I don't know. Uh, I would say patronizing. I mean, we had we've had this discussion about the sexist uh, lyrics and mentions, and obviously that was a completely different time. So judging from today's pr perspective, you know, you can't really expect you know the same type of mindset. Uh, in the 50s and and nowadays, but some of his lyrics are kind of controversial, and I don't I don't really like them. Um, the music is nice though, uh, especially thanks to the harmonica. Uh, but overall, mixed feelings to be honest. What do you say? I disagree with almost everything you said here. I mean, first of all, why do we even discuss whether blues fans are pretentious pricks or not or arrogant that makes no sense you know because what we're doing here we're trying to assess this music from this particular era maybe nowadays there is some kind of snobbery uh, linked to blues you know among some people again but to me this music is some of the most authentic music ever recorded. And yes, some of the lyrics might be problematic, especially by today's standards or by any standards of uh, morality, uh, especially when they become too sexist, you know. But that's just how these people, these men who recorded this music were, for better or worse. And we're not here to pass judgment on them. But what we can admire is how honest and how authentic this music sounds. And, you know, you mentioned there's a low re recording quality. So I, I need to add a few things about this particular album, because usually we don't do compilations, right? But this Best Of compilation is special, because back when Madi started recording music, uh, musicians were not album-oriented, people were recording singles. So what this compilation basically contains are his best singles that he recorded from 1940s to late 50s. That's why you can see how the quality, the sound quality vary from track to track. For example, some tracks like I'm Ready or uh, Just Wanna Make Love To You sound really good, you know, by, by the standards of the time. While some other tracks sound a bit more rough and rudimentary. Yeah, However, yeah. Uh, I feel all of these tracks are extremely authentic. They, uh, the musicianship is fantastic, of course, but even more so Muddy's vocals, which I think is his strongest forte. And that paired with, with the lyrics that are kind of plain but very playful in some sense. You know, the, the songs like Honey Bee, uh, I love that song, for example, because, and, and, you know, in this song, for example, he's singing about a woman who goes cheating on him, but he still embraces her back, despite everything. He's still waiting on her to come back, even though she's going around the town with other guys. And he uses wonderful, simple, metaphorical language uh, to talk about this subject. And then you have songs like uh, Long Distance Call, for example, again about a cheating woman, where at the end of the song, 
he says there's another mule kicking in in my stall, right? So these interesting figures of speech also really bring to life a certain era, a certain time, a certain culture. And uh, to me, blues is of great cultural importance for the U.S. culture in general. And of course, if you're going to get into blues, Muddy might be a perfect starting point. Yeah, obviously, you're, you're a massive fan of Muddy Waters, and uh, that's why possibly some of my statements sound uh, wrong. Um, you know, I, I kind of approach this, uh, as I mentioned, I, I do like blues in some, uh, in some aspects, you know, I like some blues elements, but as a whole, I, I can't say that I'm a blues fan, and that's why um, I find, that's why I talk about my whole experience uh, with blues um, using, you know, the, these rants, so to say, about the, the arrogant, the arrogant fans and all of that, so that is, you know, I think that's part of every um, every type of music. It doesn't take away the quality of the musicians, but you know when you see the fans, it does kind of reflect uh, the music, at least in my opinion. But but Alex, this is ancient music. You know, this was recorded back in 1940s, 1950s. I mean, what does that have to do with fans of blues today? Like, I, I just don't understand why you would bring up this point. Because they also uh, follow Muddy Waters and, and love his music. And I can also find some connections between uh, his, his songs and their kind of behavior. But uh, yeah, that, that's purely subjective. And um, yeah, these, these songs that you, that you mentioned, they, they, all, they all sound nice even though some of their uh, sound quality is not top-notch but I think that kind of adds up to the, to the whole experience and really um, gives you that time machine feel uh, at least in my in my view uh, this yes is... yes I, I totally agree with you on that it's like a, uh, you know a time capsule of sorts and I really enjoy these old recordings uh, even better are the ones from 1930s, like blues recordings from 1930s, where sometimes uh, the singers even sound kind of ghostly, you know. This is not the case with Muddy. The re recording quality is much better than that. But I like that. It like, takes me to, to a different time, takes me to a different era. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. We've got all the points about this album, so let's conclude it with, uh, as always, our ratings and favorite songs. So, what's your rating for The Best of Muddy Waters? So, first of all, I have to say one thing. These are not nice songs. These are fantastic songs. These classics on this album. This is um, might be even a good starting point for Muddy Waters, for somebody who's curious about him, because it contains some of his greatest singles and these are landmark songs in uh, the history of blues in the history of pop music on the whole and so i give it 10 out of 10 without any question oh wow that's that's really high all right so for me um i would probably say a 7.5 uh it may change uh, because I've already listened to this a couple of times and 
time after time it gets better and better. Um, my favorite song here is Still a Fool, um, particularly because of the guitar riff. I think it's really nice and, and groovy, and uh, yeah, just a great, great sounding song. What about you? Um, hmm. Tough to say which song is the highlight. Uh, very tough, to be honest. I don't know. Is it? Is it? I just want to make love to you, or long distance call. Uh, the aforementioned honeybee. Uh, can't get satisfied is an amazing song. So I don't know. It's all uh, amazing to me. I wouldn't single out one song to be fair. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to Folk Singer, uh, released in 1964. So, what were your thoughts about this one? Okay, so this is another seminal record by Muddy, but unlike the previous record where we were discussing the sound quality and how bad it is and everything, here the sound quality is pure perfection. This is according to many people, one of the best recorded albums of all time. Like you can hear every note, every uh, every sound, you know, when he tuds on the acoustic guitar, everything is so clearly recorded and that would amount to nothing, of course, if it wasn't for the fact that the performances are absolutely stunning. And here on, on this record, we have a young buddy guy, for example, on the guitar alongside Muddy. There's Willie Dixon on bass. And who's on the drums? Let me see. I forgot who was on the drums. But the drumming is also spectacular, as you will hear, unless you've already heard this one before. So, Alex, what are your thoughts about this album? Uh, any improvement over the previous one? Um, in terms of sound quality, yes, uh, there is definitely an improvement here. Um, but when it comes to the songs, I wasn't really impressed. I thought actually the the previous album was better. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't really have that many memories of, of this album. Just wasn't that just wasn't that impressive to be honest, and I, I'm still shocked uh, by that, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, sometimes uh, the the lower, you know, the, the low quality stuff sounds kind of better and gives more soul and even energy than the, the polished ones, and that, that's really weird in a way. But look, um, I get your point here, and also when it comes to blues, sometimes overproduced blues is bad. But this is not overproduced. I don't want our listeners to get the wrong picture. This album is fully acoustic, so we have uh, Muddy uh, playing his guitar. We have Buddy Guy on the acoustic guitar. We have, uh, you know, double bass and drums, and that's it. And then on some of the tracks at the end, the bonus tracks, which are just as good as the rest of the record, we have piano as well, uh, beautifully played piano. So this is a, actually a very pure form of blues, 
but the quality of the recording itself is amazing. And that's what I think brings the performances to the forefront. You know, the the performances are stellar, especially the opening track. Um, the opening track, um, My Heart is in the Delta, is just uh, a beautiful blues track, beautiful lyrics, nothing negative about this song, very emo emotionally resonant, kind of different from this typical um, Muddy Water style, you know, this kind of male bravado that you can find in some songs that I think might be a bit annoying to you, Alex. You know, this is very emotional, very beautiful, very uh, nostalgic in a way. And that that just goes on with the rest of the tunes. There's many different tunes here, some of which he recorded before, like a Long Distance Call, for example. Uh, and this is something that you will notice if you explore Muddy's uh, discography. A lot of songs are recorded many times over. So you can choose your best version, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think this record is kind of subtle, so I get why it might not have worked on you the first time, Alex. But I, I urge you to give it another shot. I'm especially impressed by the track that wasn't originally included on this album called The Same Thing, with some of the best blues piano playing I've ever heard by Otis Spann. Uh, Muddy singing about how wherever you go, the main problem for everyone are women, okay? That's what attracts everyone, that's what everybody wants. So is it sexist? I don't know. It, it's a bit sexist. Maybe not a bit, but a bit more. Uh, but I just love the whole attitude in this track, the sort of badass attitude and this very uh, restrained, but at the same time explosive playing, especially the piano and Muddy on the slide guitar. Uh, I don't know. There's there aren't enough words for me to express how much I'm impressed with this album. Yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of feel bad because I am on the opposite. And obviously, I don't hate this album, just wasn't as impressed. Um, so let's uh, let's pick let's pick our favorite tracks, and also do the ratings. So Vlada, go on. Okay, so um, my favorite track on this album is... Um, it's very hard to decide, by the way. But there are two tracks that stand out for me. One is My Home is in the Delta, the opening track. When I first heard this, I was completely floored. I just couldn't believe how good that song was. Uh, and the second one is, as as you may already guess, the same thing, which wasn't included on the original album. So if, if we look track. at... Yeah, so let's say my home is in the Delta then. Um, just just amazing. An amazing track. And yeah, how about you, Alex? Any, any songs that have certain redeeming qualities for you? <laughs> um, it, it's also hard for me to pick uh, because... I don't really remember this album, 
Um, possibly Country Boy, um, which I think is one of his, if I'm wrong, please correct me, one of his most well-known songs. Right, Vlada? Yeah, it's it's definitely one of his better known songs. And also, this is not the original version. Uh, the original was recorded earlier in the 50s, I think. So, yeah, uh, there are several songs here that he recorded uh, before. But these versions are special because they're done all acoustically, no electric sounds at all. Which is one of the reasons, I guess, why the song is uh, not the song, but the album is named Folk Singer. I think at the time in 1964, folk was all the rage, what with Bob Dylan, John Baez, and others. So the label wanted to capitalize on that, and they uh, appropriately named this album Folk Singer, even though Blues Singer would be a more fitting album. But it's all folk music after all, right? That's right, that's right. Um, I, you know, I kind of miss the authentic feel and the the history, you know, with this album compared to the to the previous one, and that's why I'll give it a six out of ten. How about you? Okay, um, I first have to apologize to our dear listeners for this absolute travesty of a rating that you've just <laughs> given. So, this is certainly one of the best blues recordings of all time. So if you want to listen to some great blues, if you're into blues already, unlike some people I know, please, please get this record, listen to it. You won't regret it. 10 out of 10. That's some really hard lobbying going in this episode. All right. So the final one. For today, and I promise I won't be this harsh, uh, is Alive at Mr. Kelly's. And um, for me, this this one, first of all, when it comes to the production, it's absolutely top-notch. really like the sound quality. Um, and another thing uh, is his, his vocals, which I thought sounded magnificent. Uh, he really sounded... He, he really... I thought that he had... A deeper voice, which uh, for me sounded more pleasant, and uh, also the since it, since it's a live recording, I like the 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 interaction with, uh, with with the crowd. So overall, an improvement over folk singer. Uh, but there is there is one thing that's at the same time a positive and a negative. Well, maybe that those words are a bit strong, but um, this album actually sounded uh, much more like something that I'm used to hearing when it comes to when it comes to blues. It, it sounded more modern, and it sounded that all the all the bands, all the blues bands who would uh, come on, come to the scene later, uh, kind of have had this album as their as their pattern, as their main source of inspiration, so to say. So that that's a good thing. It's I think this album really sounds recognizable. But the negative is that, as as most blues bands tend to do, uh, the 12-bar blues pattern um, 
and this is probably something that makes uh, in some people's eyes blue uh, it makes this genre boring in some people's eyes is the overuse of the 12 bar blues pattern it is nice in a way but when you have like a lot of songs that use the same composition it's a bit you know worn out um, what were your thoughts well, I mean, I, I get that argument about 12-bar blues, but if you look at the tracks here, they're quite diverse, you know, in tone, in uh, the, the usage of riffs. It's not like he keeps playing the same song, you know. You can clearly tell that the songs sound, that the songs sound very different. So, uh, yes, for the sound, this is Muddy in the early 70s, so very typical blues sound of that era. Muddy here has a lot of younger musicians with him and some veterans as well, and they all sound fantastic. Um, there's also a great live video on YouTube featuring this lineup. Um, I think it's uh, Muddy Waters live at Ash Grove or something like that. Please check that out as well, dear listeners. It's a wonderful performance, and you can actually watch Muddy perform live. I agree with you. Vocally speaking, this is an old, mature Muddy, almost in his 60s. So, sounds pretty experienced. Basically commands the stage with his vocals. Knows exactly what he's doing. If you listen to some of the tracks and compare them to their original versions, like um, Long Distance Call, for example, it sounds more powerful, more piercing. He adds much to the song in the live setting. Uh, he adds some humor to it as well. Um, exactly. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, I also really love the song Strange Woman, which has such an intense riff that kind of repeats itself over and over till the end of the song, but it's so intense. It's, so, it, it's like a, a build-up that never lets go. Uh, I love that one. Uh, there's some covers here where he covers some other great blues men like Sonny Boy Williamson, uh, where uh, T-Bone uh, T-Bone Walker, Stormy Monday Blues, a wonderful standard tune, one of the greatest blues standards of all time, and it's great to have Muddy singing it as well. Even though I, I wouldn't say this is the best version of the song, but I guess that's uh, very subjective as well as everything else. The, the best version of that song would probably be either the Allman Brothers Band or um, Junior Wells and Buddy Guy. But it's a, it's a great inclusion. There's also Boom Boom by John Lee Hooker, which is uh, another major classic, of course, about shooting women. So we were kind of joking Horrible stuff. that half of the blues songs are about shooting women, which is indeed horrible. But I have to say in Muddy's defense that most of his songs are not about that. So here he covers somebody else. So this is not uh, Muddy writing lyrics. He, he's not of, of that sort. Uh, but yes, yeah, still, despite the horrible sentiments of the song, it's still a classic. And this version is definitely worthwhile. There's a great version of Blow Wind Blow. Um, no, this is a top-notch live record. The band is super tight, beautiful solos. Uh, there's no overplaying, you know, like 
nowadays if you listen to blues bands they tend to overplay tend to play too many notes here the soloists have a very classy approach to soloing so well when it comes to when it comes to the music uh, i forgot to tell that i thought the piano was a great addition and really something that upped the instrument the instrumental game here yes on the piano we have Pine Top Perkins, a legendary blues pianist, also a veteran who was approximately similar age as Muddy. So the other guys are all younger in this band. Uh, the other guys were all in their 20s, 30s when this was recorded, while Muddy was nearly 60 years old. I think Pine Top Perkins was even older than Muddy, but I'm not sure. And he he was very tight with Muddy and backed him on many recordings especially after Otis Pan's death. So Otis Pan is the piano player who played on Folk Singer, for example. Uh, both players, wonderful, classy, uh, great approach. Again, this is something that I feel blues music of today sorely lacks, this kind of attitude where, you know, it's it's not necessarily the less is more attitude, but more like... Uh, the knowledge of how to sustain tension, how to and how to release, when to release tension. You know, this is something that is missed. And I think if you listen to this album, you will get the right idea on how to play the blues. Yeah, that's you know that's what I also think that this album really um, has that purpose of being. The guideline, you know, when it comes to playing blues, if you want to be a blues musician. So, um, interestingly enough, I have to agree about the song Strange Woman, and uh, it is at the same time my favorite song from this from this album. Uh, I think I've known that. Um, I think that's that's possibly the first song that I've ever heard from Muddy. Uh, way way before this episode, and completely the same thing. Um, the riff is really kind of strong and really recognizable. It has that statement, you know. Yeah, the riff is um, just so simple and yet so piercing, like it, and, and so intense. Like, um, you know, this is something I would love to, to be able to experience live, you know, but unfortunately there aren't such bluesmen anymore, I think. But anything even remotely as good as this would do, I think. Um, so, yeah, wonderful, a wonderful song. Also my highlight, so we completely agree on that one. At least something we can agree about today. <laughs> don't cry, Vlada, don't cry. It's all about discussing opinions and, and, and taste. So uh, my rating uh, for this for this album is... Hmm, um, it, is it, it is a different experience compared to the best amount of waters, but the rating is kind of the same, so 7.5. Even though... Uh, the originality from the best of Muddy Waters uh, definitely adds more than, than this one. But as I, as I said, the piano, the vocals, um, the engagement uh, with um, 
with the crowd it all kind of um, adds up to to the experience and uh, yeah it's it's a well-deserved 7.5 for me okay so um, I was a bit I don't want to say I was generous today because I think the the other two records definitely deserved a 10 I think the other two records are the classic blues records that any blues fan should listen to with, with this one though I I won't go so far to give it 10 even though it's a really really great record I don't see I don't see any major flaws with it or anything like that so I will give it 9 I think um, it's a great live album I think um that's one of the reasons why I chose this record among so many great Muddy Waters records is that I really love the whole feel that this band has. Being objective, you know? Oh, that, that's a big question. Uh, I don't know Look, if there's any... dear listeners, please let us know what's your take on blues or Muddy Waters. Who are your favorite blues artists? Do you also find blues boring and obnoxious like some people do? Or do you think it's... A beautiful and authentic and a true expression of a certain culture that many folk might claim is already gone. Uh, so let us know what you think about this wonderful artist that Muddy Waters was. Because, you know, you may say, oh, 10 is too much, but hey, how many blues artists do we have today that sound so powerful? I'll tell you how many. Zilch. Zero. So, dear listeners, please uh, tell us and please tell us whether um, whether Vlada is a fanboy or or whether I talk nonsense. <laughs> so that would be a, a really um, important a really important feedback for us. Uh, we we are now approaching the end of this episode. Flame mailing coming for Alex's comments about the blues. Can't wait for it. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're about to conclude this episode. Um, as always, thank you, thank you so much for for listening to our show. Um, you can find us on social media and also uh, a new addition to to our accounts to our social media accounts uh, is Linktree, which is a place where you can find all our links, all the podcast players, and all the social media accounts that we use. So. I guess that that makes uh, that makes it easier to to find us, and uh, also a huge thanks to to our patrons for supporting us. Uh, Vlada, can you give a shout out to our dear patrons? Yes, yeah, so dear patrons, thank you so much for everything you've been doing for us, and a special shout out to our new patron, Kelly. So Kelly, welcome aboard. I hope you're enjoying our uh, podcast. Uh, also, uh, whoever supports us on the Patreon gets uh, some special privileges. So you may want to go to our Patreon page and check them out. Um, you may be able to suggest the artists that we will cover in the future episodes. There will also be polls where you will be able to vote for which artists you want to hear us talk about. Uh, in one of the upcoming episodes. So please check that out. You can find us on Instagram as well, as well as Facebook. So Soundrise Podcast. Um, soon we also plan some 
new updates and pleasant surprises for all of you. So let us know what you think about Muddy Waters and the Blues. And I hope we will be talking more in a week. Yes. Exactly, Vlada, exactly. And finally, uh, you can also hear our um, episodes be played on New England Radio. That's our friend David. So, David, thanks a lot for, for helping us. Um, the website is newenglandradio.net or wirw.net. It's an uh, internet radio station that plays original music and podcasts uh, all the time. So, please go check that out. And until the next episode, stay safe.